There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, hustlers. We know that this 2024, the entrepreneurial journey is filled with challenges. An often overlooked aspect is the time-consuming task of processing payroll and managing government requirements. And did you know that the average admin spends a whopping 50 hours per month dealing with just government compliance? That's time you could be spending on growing your business or, let's be honest, taking a well-deserved break. But fear not, we got a game changer for you. Introducing Sprout Solutions and their tailored solutions for MSMEs called the Payroll Starter. With Sprout Solutions Payroll Starter, you can finally reclaim your time and get your life back on track. Say goodbye to the stress of remembering tax dates or worrying about missed payroll runs. This bundle is designed to make your life easier and your business more efficient. And here's the best part. The cost starts just at 5,000 pesos per month for businesses with up to 10 employees. Yep, you heard that right. That's just 5,000 pesos per month. So why spend another minute drowning in payroll paperwork when Sprout can revolutionize the way you manage your payroll and government requirements? Take the first step towards a more efficient business today. Visit sprout.ph slash payroll starter monthly 5K. If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode. The Hustle Share Podcast is brought to you by AWS, the world's most comprehensive and broadly adopted cloud platform. Use AWS now to lower your business costs, become more agile, and for faster innovation. Apply now to get $1,000 free credits at hustleshare.com slash AWS. Also by TagCash. Spend, play, earn, and build a mobile wallet super app for your startup. Go now to hustleshare.com slash TagCash to apply and get your startup's mobile wallet. And Caliber. It's the easiest, most convenient way to get hired. Caliber Tailor fits the perfect job for you based on your unique skills. Hire the best people for your company at www.caliber.com and use the promo code HUSTLESHARE. Caliber, where jobs find you. It didn't used to be like that at all. Yeah. I think I, I learned from many, many catastrophic mistakes of my attitude towards how I did certain things. Um, but self-discipline like today and now is literally, it's the number one word that comes up when I wake up in the morning. Welcome to Hustle Share, the podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences, but that our hustles are very much alike. Now here's your host, Ronster Bate Young. Welcome to episode 69 of the Hustle Share podcast. My name is Ronster and I'm your host. And this episode is powered by AWS, the world's most comprehensive and broadly adopted cloud platform. 
We are a proud affiliate of the Podcast Network Asia, but before we begin, we'd like to remind you that this podcast contains a lot of not safe for work language. So make sure there are no kids when you're listening to this. Because today we're going to be interviewing a very unique hustler. Because aside from running Penn Brothers, he is also running another startup of his own at the same time. And his name is Joseph Worker, the managing director of Penn Brothers, and also the founder and CEO of Humble Sustainability. But before Joseph tells us how difficult it is to run two startups at the same time, we're gonna go back to where it all started with his background in music and in sports, all the way to how he became fascinated with public speaking. But Joseph's early successes didn't really turn out well for him because he admitted that he grew arrogant. And eventually in his next few hustles, life found a way to humble him. And aside from the learnings, he's gonna share the lessons that he learned through each top while he was hustling. And stick around till the end because we had an intense discussion on how it's like to run two startups at the same time. And we exchanged notes on how to manage people and scale two startups at the same time. So if you're ready to learn the hustle of running Penn Brothers, let's begin this episode right now. Welcome to the latest episode of the Hustle Share Podcast. This is quite a special episode because this is our 69th episode. No pun intended. All right, and we have someone who's very, very interesting this year because I don't know a lot of dudes who are, not a lot of people who are running two startups at the same time. Aside from me, which I'm kind of dying doing it, <laughs> but I'm crazy enough to, I wanted this shit. And now this dude is running two startups at the same time. So again, welcome to the show, Joseph Worker of Penn Brothers and Humble. Oh, shit. There you go. <laughs> that was a delayed reaction by the crowd. I apologize. Best intro ever. Okay, thank you. <laughs> that was a flop. Joseph, welcome to the show. Thank you. Love it. Okay, so again, um, we've been talking a lot prior to pressing the record button. Yeah. And prior to the crowd reacting late. <laughs> Fucking shit, like a <laughs> typical Filipino, always late. Joseph, uh, just like any other episode, but again, 69 is the number. Joseph, what's your hustle? Well, for, I love your show. Thank I have you. to say that, number one. Um, and I love, the, I love that question. I, I always wonder how to answer that. Some people answer it with what they do. Right. Others with how they do it, right? Mm -hmm. So I'll answer it two ways. I think one is uh, what I do. I have duo hustle yep. at the moment. I am the... Mad respect. The MD of a company called Penn Brothers. When you we say are, MD, just for those people who don't understand what the fuck MD is, what is an MD? Yeah, I'm not a doctor. That's okay. Clear. Let's, let's be pretty clear about that. Like, <laughs> My, oh, so you're a doctor? Yeah, okay. Absolutely right. not. I wouldn't mm -hmm. trust me anywhere near your injured, injured uh, sibling. I was, I was hoping to get advice from my intestines, but okay, no. that's out the window now. Absolutely. <laughs> Drink less. Okay, cool. cool. <laughs> uh, so managing director cool. or CEO, I think they're pretty interchangeable. Right. The main top dog, per se. Well, the, the one who, who makes Runs. the most mistakes. Yeah, the fu <laughs> fuck shit up. The one who's the most responsible, right. I guess, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and Pen Brothers is an employment platform right. for startups and enterprises. So okay. we employ teams for startups, enterprises all over the world. Wow! Here in the Philippines for the last five years. Yep. Shout out to Guy. Yeah, Guy right. Faria and yep. Nicholas Bivero, two co-founders, mm-hmm. and obviously the whole team. I wish I could name them all, but I won't. Okay. Um, they're amazing. We learned so much from them. Incredible okay. co-founders. Really, very different type of co-founders that I'm used yeah. to working. So much with. energy too. Energy, but humility. Yeah, you know? they they they're all about actions versus words, mm-hmm. and I love that. I really love that. Correct. Something that attracted me very much to to joining the the okay. cause. So that's one. Okay. Um, and then I've been doing that for the last two years now, almost mm-hmm. exactly to the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have a very big team there, hundred people now. When I joined, hundred. How many yeah. locations do you guys have? Ten. Oh shit! Ten offices. Yeah, oh but God. actually. Offices, I mean, we can go into that, but offices okay. is not like our strength. Offices is no. not the purpose of the, the business. It's okay. really about creating employment for mm. Filipinos and, and uh, you know, scaling startups, but specifically employment. The office side, I think we there are others out there who do okay. it well. They do it better. Okay. And it's really not what we're focused on, on doing. And but then the flip locations. side, on at, at your nine to five is Pen Brothers. Your seven to one is. <laughs> well, I think the ratios are a bit off, but. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so what's the ratio? Seven to seven. <laughs> I think. Like, oh my God! How many hours there in a day? Yeah, eighteen hours maybe. PB. Oh and wow. And the other four, yeah, I don't think uh, whatever's well, left sure, of it. I think yeah. you've been in this boat as well, right? Okay. It's, it's uh, sleep is is no longer really. Okay. Uh, it's eye bags is king. That's it. <laughs> 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 yeah, coffee addict, that's for sure. Yep. Um, so I, I very recently also, the, um, we founded Humble, which is Humble, Humble Sustainability, um, which is uh, something we've been very passionate about for a long time, and we okay. finally launched. So that's, there you go. that's about five months old. Nice. Um, and Humble is a sustainability startup all okay. about circular living. Circular living. That's right. What does that economy. mean? So circular living is essentially extending the life of products or material. Oh. And this whole concept of circularity is, you know, we, we live in a culture right now, especially in the Philippines, mm-hmm. of uh, buying new things, being obsessed with buying new things, and then throwing them out, right? Yep. Or just letting them hoard in our houses. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we all have uh, aunties and uncles Everywhere. who have yep. got... Yeah, Tupperware for sure. My mom is one. Uh, <laughs> I think most I think most Filipino mothers are, right? Yep. Um, oh, don't throw out that Tupperware. We can still put pancit in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I met Joe Koi last week. Oh, my ever. God. Wow. He was just amazing. Right. What a guy. We were lucky mm-hmm. enough. Been a big fan of him for a long time. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, yeah, so essentially circularity is stopping that massive problem. The planet is in trouble. We all know this. We hear about it every single day. Yep. But we feel that there's so much focus on plastic waste okay, and coming yeah. up with ideas. How do we turn this into something innovative, which is great. Okay. And there are loads of exciting social enterprises or charities or you know, whatever it may be, technology companies yeah. who are trying to batter that problem. But one thing that we saw is how can we actually change behavior and mm. come up with a solution that brings all these items back into circularity and promote secondhand living. That's so Humble amazing. was really born. Um, okay. And we, we are trying to conquer two problems. The first of which is the environmental problem, which we okay. know about. Um, 
And the second is a little bit more selfish, which is that we actually live cluttered lives. Mm-hmm. And having cluttered homes, cluttered mm-hmm. lives um, can actually have a bad amount, well, very negative effects on your health. Right? Really? Anxiety, lack of productivity, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. stress. Clutter, any type um, of clutter, whatever. Anything, whether it's your, your home, your office. And, uh, and it really genuinely, there are studies out there that shows mm-hmm. how, how much your productivity and focus will improve once you've decluttered properly. Got it. All right. Now, before we get too in, in too deep with yeah. the two hustles, which is, by the way, again, I'm literally here to copy shit from you because <laughs> I know as much as I'm trying my best to to be great and in running both Chatbot PH and Podcast Network Asia, I'm way, way, way far behind in making it efficiently. And it's there's no there's not a lot of people like us, bro. It's uh, hard. Touche. It's 100%. hard. So I'll try to learn as much as I, I, I can from you so that I can apply it immediately because I need all the help that I can get. And vice versa. My God, please. Sounds good. All right. But before that, let's ride the Hustle Share time machine. <laughs> we need, because we need to go back. All right. Um, Joseph, how did you start out and how was growing up? I mean, did you have that any inclination in being an entrepreneur and whatnot? How, where did you grow up? How, how did all this journey start out for you? Well, this will probably come as a surprise, but okay. uh, my early life was all music. Music? music and sport, that was it. What, mu- what, what instrument and what sport? So classical piano, classical wow. singing, classical violin, classical organ. Wow. Yeah, so I think that is, uh, you know, and, I, and funny enough, I actually, I hated business. And really? I hated everything to do with money. I hated everything to do with people who were you know running the top businesses i just yeah. i just didn't like it i thought okay. oh no i want to i want to create the world's greatest orchestra and take sure. it around the world and, mm-hmm. and you know then start music schools and, okay. and all of that stuff and sport was very important I, and what sport did you that. play uh swimming was wow. one, number one okay goes to yeah, show in your, your physique still i mean it's a good upper body shit so when you when the, i'd have never seen a fat swimmer <laughs> <laughs> or at least a disproportionate swimmer. No, because it's good for your whole body, especially with the upper body too. And when you have a good chest, even if your 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 belly bulks out, it's proportion. You know what? Episode number sixty nine is making more sense now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. So how how long did your life revolved around music and swimming? Really, from a ridiculously early age. I mean, I my I had. Uh, I had in- incredibly supportive parents, but then they, they definitely wanted me to do well in those fields. Right? Okay. They really, really strongly felt I should be um, in sport and music. And they, sure. they, you know, my mother was a nurse who got very, very sick, so I had to retire incredibly early. Okay. And my father was a teacher, so we were like super liberal, hardworking parents. Sure. Um, who also pretty inept when it comes to business, to be honest. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, and I I sort of stumbled upon it because I met this guy when I think I was about mm-hmm. eighteen, who was a public speaker. Got okay, it. and I saw him uh, perform like he was doing a talk on stage. Got it. And then he was in the pub or bar afterwards, Got and it. he was sort of talking about to this group of people, including me, mm-hmm. and every single person in this noisy place was super engaged with this guy. Really? And I thought, like, how, how is this how is guy? This, right? It's just is a bit this odd. Tony Stark? A little what bit. Yeah. yeah, maybe. Right. Some, some, some spell was cast. Okay. And I, so I talked to him afterwards, and, and he said that he was using very specific techniques 
with regards mm. to his language and how he moved his hands and the poise in his voice and the tone of his voice, ah. which can completely change someone's mindset of him. And yeah. I found this fascinating. So I thought, what if I tried this public speaking malaki? Got it. Because um, there are so many similarities between public speaking and music, right? It's a performance Correct. on stage. Correct. It's an act. It really is. Yeah. And, uh, and so I tried it. I spoke on behalf of a few charities in the UK. Wow. Um, I really loved it. And public speaking also is a segue into sales. So of then I started finding, hey, I can kind of do this sales thing. But did I, you have the most... I mean, this is a common denominator with people who are trying to talk a lot in front of people. The jitters, the butterflies, the, the struggles. And you're going to have to go through that. Or, or did you have any type of tutelage and, tutelage and mentorship uh, in, in getting it? Because in, here's what I believe. I used to also be a, uh, an athlete. My sport was basketball. I also used to uh, have an instrument. I played a guitar. Matter of fact, I, the first song I used to play learned how to play was Californication. I was like, what? Okay. I was like, so dope. I'm like the cool first guy yeah, to, learn, to learn that. And one thing that's common between music and sports is repetitive practice, repetition and the discipline to do it. That again, looking back, like fuck. So that's why I was so obsessive over things when I, whenever I like it because I'll keep doing it over and over yeah. and over and over again. That's, that's the same thing also how I do it with business now. Was it like that for you? I think self-discipline is actually now the term that I believe in the most above yeah. literally everything else. Mm -hmm. And it didn't used to be like that at all. Yeah. I think I, I learned from many, many catastrophic mistakes yeah. of my attitude towards how I did certain things. Sure. Um, but self-discipline like today and now is literally it's the number one word that comes up when I wake up in the morning. Sure. Um, and if anybody asks me for one piece of advice, it's always purely about self-discipline. But back then, when we're talking about speaking on stage and in competitions and music, right. I think when you're performing at such an early age, you definitely yeah. get those butterflies. But you're yep. just kind of learned to, to think, well, that's just, that's just the normal feeling. Just yeah. get on with it, right? Mm -hmm. Deliver. Do it anyway yeah. um, and use that adrenaline to be better, Correct. which is normal in sport. You are better. Right, right. In music, uh, maybe not. Yeah, you <laughs> cannot <laughs> miss that card. <laughs> it will sound terrible. <laughs> and especially if you're not playing alone, you're not doing a solo, if you're, you're going to mess the whole yeah. shit up. Shaking doesn't help right. with the piano, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, hustle, I think, means shake in, in Dutch. Actually, that's where really? hustle comes from. Wow. Uh, I did not yeah. know this. My Dutch father will be very proud of me for that one. Wow. Um, so, anyway, segue. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, but I, I, I really I mean, self-discipline, we can talk a bit more about that with, with mm -hmm. the day-to-day -day life now. But um, back then went into sales and uh, and from public speaking to sales and all these different roles and eventually okay. landed up in the Philippines. Wow. That was, was that, that's a long, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of stops in between that happened. Yeah. Let's, yeah, let's just uh, take a break real quick and do the time machine. Stop at a certain year. Let's do it. What were the key skills and experiences that you learned prior to your your voyage and that ended up here in the Philippines? Because again, life teaches you some really hard lessons. You mentioned that there's big fuck ups towards attitude and whatnot. 
were you a finished product by the time you landed here? Or what were those things that really stuck with you through that journey? Because through repetition, yeah, okay, you're going to get better, butterflies. You pick up one thing that's very, that nobody can take away from you. Confidence, mm-hmm. which is the most powerful thing. If yeah. you, it's like, fuck, I'm good at this. Nobody can stop me. What the fuck? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it, right? But along the way, again, you have to fuck up a lot. What were those fuck ups? Wow, when I landed here, I uh, finished art school. No, my gosh, that was probably one I was one of my worst points. Um, <laughs> but many, I think, fuck ups. Number one is is just as I said, general attitude of <laughs> when you become good at something, letting that get to your head, right? Arrogance. And arrogance. That's really that was the word which uh, which I think I ran away from a lot um, when I was younger, and and for sure, uh, I, I definitely. We all have. Not, yeah, I mean, yeah. But I think me more than most, right? And mm. I, I acknowledge that completely. And I'm so pleased I went through that sure. moment because sure. I've also seen others who now go through it. And, you and your know business exactly is how to help now them, named right? as the remedy for that shit. It's humble. Yeah. That's, wow. That's, that's not really a coincidence. Can, can you give me examples of how arrogance messed up with you early on and what, what, the, what the lesson uh, that you um, got from that? I'll give you. I'll give you one. I um, so I I I think when you are arrogant and you have this obsession of being the best, yeah. right? And, and I really did. Like I would not accept being second. I'll give you one from childhood. My 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 dad used to bring me to swimming competitions, right? Got it. And there'd be these big competitions, national competitions. And mm-hmm. there was one point. I think I was up to the age of I don't know. 13, 14, not even that young. Okay. And I hadn't lost a race. Wow. And I lost my first race. Okay. Shoot. So I lost this race. And instead of go and be sportsmanlike and shake everyone's hand, right. I literally went to the showers and cried for like a day, which is wow. pathetic, right? Absolutely pathetic. Like a sore loser. <laughs> Total the... sore right. loser. There right. were other moments. I stormed off tennis courts. Right. I would smash my rackets around the floor. Wow. I would get really pissed at people sure. because, you know, and then I'd even embellish things as well. So okay. achievements that you do make, you would exaggerate a bit further. Yes. Right? So it's like, okay, let's say I had won a pitching competition at sure. a local co-working space. Sure. I would embellish that to, mm, that was a national co-working competition mm, for all of UK. Whatever. Right? And whatever it may be. Sure. Um, disclaimer, I did not enter any competition. Okay, in the UK. right. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, um, but that, that kind of attitude, I think, is, is probably comes with a lot of um, baggage. And, and I think sometimes you almost need to go through that and have sure. people call you out. Yeah, to be able to learn that that's not the way, and that you're not the best, and, and that's not- that hurts. Oh my gosh, yes, that hurts a lot. Wow, yeah, bro, because ego is the enemy. Yeah, big time, right? And ego is what gets hurt when your arrogance and bravado gets in the way. But people don't understand that the remedy is the long term solution is humility, because when you understand that you when you fuck up. And you know you're not the best. You're 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 also just part of a whole grand system. And you eat humble pie, which is the most bitter motherfucking thing. Yeah. You, you and you see you see perspective as a whole. It 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 liberates you, right? What was that humble pie like for you? And how did you 
let that put into perspective what you've done or your mistakes from before. I find the word humility really interesting because if you are trying to be humble about something, then you're that's actually negating the whole concept of humility. Humility for me is like a realization, actually. It's because if you're truly humble, then you've just realized that you are nowhere near where you could be or that you are so far more insignificant in that way. Correct. Um, and I had a few of those, but uh, I, I think one really humbling one was for sure my first mentor in the Philippines, actually. Got it. So my first proper job, if I sure. call it that, um, was this amazing like Austrian guy, super corporate, incredibly intelligent um, MD, yeah. who was uh, my mentor and my... Austrian. My leader, Austrian. Germans yeah. and Austrians don't take shit from nobody. Uh, yeah, correct. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True. And, and then uh, that, that's why a lot of Germans and Austrians here, especially for locals, they think they're douchebags. Like, no, they're not. They're just, they just don't like to fucking call our, our, our fucking... Uh, we're totally opposites culture-wise. Yeah. They say it as it is us. We like to fucking sugarcoat it, blah, blah, blah. And we don't want to hurt people. Completely. Right? Completely. Was but, that, what was that? That was, I, I would assume that was similar in what happened to you. What was it, that? I mean, he, he broke me. Many, many times broke, broke me apart. And I needed that. I totally needed that. I went in thinking I was all that, this young leader. I was always obsessed right. with this young thing, right? I was like, yeah, I'm going to get all these different places before anyone else can. Sure. And, Again, I'm just extremely driven. I always have been. Sure. I haven't lost that. But mm-hmm. I think back then I was applying it in maybe the wrong ways. Yes. Um, and this concept of talking versus action, right? And right. talking the talk because you want it so much cool. doesn't necessarily mean that you've actually sure. um, deserve it and you've, you've put the actions in place. So this, this guy, um, he, was, uh, he was extremely helpful. And yeah, for sure, I left that office many an evening in a couple of tears down the side of my right, face. Right. Um, but for sure. I well, think, you kept you know, coming back though. Yeah, definitely. And right. what a leader that guy was, because I I would not have uh, have learned those lessons. If Do you want to give him a shout out? Is where the shout out is due. I think so. Why not? It's Gunter Taus. Wow. How do you spell um, that? <laughs> What's Gun- his name? Gunter. Gunter. Okay. Oh, yeah. He's a uh, one head of a leader. He actually runs the um, startup uh, Spartan now. He he's the he owns Spartan franchise for for Southeast Asia. Wow. Um, but that was a company called Jardine. So that was back when I was still in the corporate world before wow. startups took over. Gotcha. And, uh, and yeah, he gave me that platform in the Philippines to, to learn, be a bit sure. more humble. Absolutely. And, and, and learn the ropes of the Filipino sensitivity sometimes and Absolutely. whatnot. Absolutely. <laughs> We're all fucking marshmallows inside here. I'm, I'm getting more Pinoy every day. You, know? you like, are. Really I was like, dude, you kept messaging. He's like, dude, why does this guy say salamat? Oh. <laughs> like, wow. Like, chill, bro. I, really, I appreciate it. I really yeah. think they shouldn't give out visas unless expats learn at least a little bit of Tagalog. <laughs> Right. At least say po the right way, not po. <laughs> not a poem, motherfucker. What's up? <laughs> All right. Now, uh, Joseph, let's take our first break. And when we come back, let's talk about how you now progressed as a professional and as also as founder, given that you've now eaten humble pie and you can now be a better leader and a better person in hustling out there. Let's talk about that more after the break. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hey guys, I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. Calling all startups in their pre-launch, pre-seed, or seed stages. This is your chance to accelerate your growth. Submit your pitch to Impact24 and get ready for a 10-week intensive program to elevate your solution. What's in it for you? How about up to 500,000 pesos in MVP project support, exclusive credits from industry partners, personalized mentoring, and a shot to pitch at SASCON PH, the country's biggest SAS conference this April. But yo, you gotta hurry up because submissions close on January 26, 2024 already. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your startup to new heights. Apply now at saschallenge.ph. That's saschallenge.ph. And good luck and I'll see you guys in Impact 24. And we're back from a break after eating humble pie. Uh, we're still with Joseph Parker of Penn Brothers and Humble. Okay, so Joseph, after uh, you, you, you work with Gunther, what was the next thing? So now you've learned you, 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 this guy gave you all the breaks. He was real to you, great mentor, and you, you got your head right. You got your mind right. What did you do next here, and how, how was the next uh, steps for you that, that, that you did? Then I was, I mean, there was a couple of very small um, startups that we kind of jumped along from and, okay. and um, did a bit of consultancy work here and there, okay. um, where I actually then met my co-founder okay. in Humble, which was really interesting. So that okay. was two and a half years ago. Nice. Um, and that was very soon after that, I then found these Penn Brothers guys. Right? Right. And uh, a friend of a friend introduced me to uh, Guy and Nicholas, who are the co-founders of Penn Brothers. Right. Um, this is back, yeah, it must be November, December 2017. Got it. So how was Penn Brothers back then? Because they were already established by, again, with these two co-founders, very, very well respected, invested on by 500 startups and whatnot. So these are high-profile people. They're legit. Come on. Right? <laughs> Whoa. I love it when we when, when like, oh, shit, this, this guy is Filipino, just like that that uh, Patrick Gentry of Sprout. Yeah, he's like, he, he was like, mm-mm, uh-uh, mm-mm. I was like, what the hell? Hey, I, Pat, Pat has given me lots of cool advice oh, you know, sure, about yeah, different yeah. things. I like Pat a lot. So, yeah, for sure. For sure. I'll tell you what. I'll give him a Tagalog battle. I'm okay, calling you out. Let's do Pat it. Let's, let's do it. it. If you're listening to this, Patrick, or if you know someone that knows Patrick, tell him somebody's yeah, calling him out. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, how, what was, well, how was Penn Brothers back then? And why did, how did, when you did, uh, ran to the co founders, Guy and them, what was the conversation like? So back then, uh, you know, we had well, 17 employees in the team, okay. um, but they had a successful business, profitable from, you know, month two. 
and uh, they had their fifth office, still very much focused on sort of half co-working and half the employment side. Okay. Um, and sort of, you know, they had a good business, a good yeah. profitable business, but they wanted to take it to the next level. And mm. one thing I love about Guy and Nicholas is that they by no way think that they can do everything. And sure. they build teams Humble. by finding, <laughs> indeed, that word yeah. creeps back up on us again. Uh-huh. They build teams by really looking at, okay, where is the gap? Where is the gap in our board? What kind of person do we need to bring in? Sure. So they made a decision that the gap that they really saw was BD, business development. Because Nicholas, outstanding operational guy, German, naturally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> good, good with the numbers and the operations, for sure. Yep, yep. Guy, the visionary, marketing, very yep. strong. Um, charismatic. Totally. We had right. a, a board member who was, you know, 11 years of the head of HR of Maersk. We had another who is like private equity, Harvard Business School guy for finance. So really like a pretty amazing established yeah. board of these great names and wealth of experience, but not really any uh, high level skill set of sales. Gotcha. Um, so I really saw this as a great opportunity. And mm. for me, it was my first chance of running something completely for myself. Right, I'd run big teams before, but sure. I wanted that responsibility of of really leading something special. Sure. And they explained the vision of Penn Brothers to sure. really, you know, creating employment for op- uh, opportunities for Filipinos, giving Filipinos the opportunity to work for global startups, mm. paid brilliant salaries with quality career growth, learning fast. And I really liked that about them and I thought that vision was great and I was I think 25 at that point right wow. no, I mean how old are you now 28 just yeah so I mean wow. you, you give a you give a 25 year old 25 year old sure. uh, an MD shout and he's he's grabbing it right he's like Absolutely. oh my god please like that Let's is that is this. a dream right um like what an opportunity and uh, and I grabbed it and for sure when I when I first had that job I had never clue what I was doing <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, so they gave you MD right away. Yes. So it's not just BD. No, 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 no. It was the the only thing lacking from their board of advisors was the was the BD, and they God. thought let's bring in an MD or a CEO sure. who is a sales guy, so that that's the main driver. How vital is it to be a CEO or be an MD or the, the guy at the very at the driver's seat to have a sales background? At the end of the day, I, I again, I, I before I keep telling you this, I fucking empathize so much because if push comes to shove, you strip me of all my shit. The one thing that's always going to stick there is salesmanship, the ability to influence, and that's that's my main mo, right? I don't know any other way to do my shit than being a salesman or someone who fucking sells ideas or whatever. How's that for you? I'm biased, but. I strongly believe that all of the best CEOs I've ever met, all of the best MDs I've met are outstanding salespeople because you're constantly selling in every single walk of life. Mm -hmm. If you're a CEO, you're doing it even more. You need to sell yourself to your employees and your Mm -hmm. vision to the people that respect you and look up to you. You need to sell that confidence to your board, to investors, to eventually your product to, to elsewhere perhaps you even go for an exit one day that's the yep. biggest sales pitch of your life yep right um so for me i think sales is, is absolutely vital um but really the best sales in my view 
come from that one skill of relationship building. Yes. And if you can build a relationship better and more sincere than anybody else, then you're the best sales guy in the room. That's Correct. honestly what I believe. True. And the best salespeople in the world don't sound like they're selling to no, you. Exactly. So if you, say you have no idea that sure. you're being fucking conned. <laughs> That's the point. So I, I couldn't agree more. If you are with somebody and tells you, hey, he's a really good sales guy, he's not a good sales guy. Yeah. If you say, he's such a good guy, I really like yeah, him. Yeah, you love this guy. Now that's a good sales guy. Yes, right? sir. Yeah, and then they keep coming. They multiply by the fucking shit. <laughs> like, oh shit, okay. So my MO is working. Yeah, for blah, sure. Blah, blah, blah. Because again, if, if, if someone labels you as something, they're boxing you too, in totally. a way, right? Totally. But if they you know like, they respect multifaceted, whatever. I mean, people like to call names to, to people. Oh, that guy's ultimate hustler. That guy's blah, blah, blah. I don't really give a shit, right? But as long as that respect and credibility that towards what I'm, it's not really towards me, of what I'm building, that's the most like best um, validation of what it is, right? Because eventually comes with that. It's the one thing I like the most is my money. <laughs> the money, bro. That's what it is. Okay, I want to dissect this. So again, um, Penn Brothers, you got in. What were their early challenges? You're a 25-year-old. You're being thrown into the MD position, right? And there's a lot of influential people also in your board. How much freedom did they give you? And how was the adjustment for you there? Wow, I mean, for sure, challenges all over the place. But it was not a case of look, here are the keys and, and have fun. Right? right, we're we're off to the Bahamas right. and cocktails. Like your own uh, shotgun first. Uh, it was okay. really, it was really an amazing um, period. They they okay. they you know we started very simply with handing over, and this is something I would advise sure. for anybody onboarding a new CEO, MD, or any kind of position really of of absorbing something which is so big and sure. a, a large level of responsibility is to go department at a time if mm. you have the bandwidth to be able to do that right got it and at Pen Brothers at that time the co-founders were still very much operational sure so we could do that so they would keep hold of five of the eight departments and then I'd have the first three and then we'd take a few months and then eventually I'd onboard the others until eventually it became manageable enough and you built more and more reporting lines as I learned more and more. Okay. Because at that point, I'd never managed a finance team, right? You showed me a p and I'm like, right. what? What, 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 is is this? what is this? Uh, why is there a green and a black? Why is black and red there? What's that? <laughs> why, why, is, why is it red? Right. Uh, <laughs> oh, I don't want to see no red. Turn that to black. <laughs> right, true. So, so that was that was um, I mean again full respect to to my co-founders for for that mm-hmm. because they they made it they made it a lot easier than it sure. could have been, um, but from there for sure gaining the respect of any team sure. I think especially when you are uh, a visitor in a new country and you are mm-hmm. a guest right because you have to have that respect as well to sure. understand that managing in a new culture is completely different. And it's not your team that needs to adjust to you. It's you that needs to adjust to your team every single fucking time. They won't. This is not a my way or a highway kind of thing. No way. Right. And you come in too strong and too aggressive and you've lost everyone immediately. Yeah, buy-in. They need buy-in. And of course, and here's the thing. Filipinos are also uh, known for this. When they they love you, they love you. Yeah. Right? And when you get that buy-in, oh man, it's going to be hard to get... Get rid of that love, especially. Okay, Joseph, what was the hardest 
part in, in this transition because it, I mean you know we all have fuck ups and somehow some way we stumble into bigger potholes that we never see coming. What was the bi- biggest uh, hot hole you fell into and how did you get out? Great question. I think really going from I think over the last couple of years, especially at the beginning, we were scaling the team well quite fast in in right. our experience quite fast i mean from 17 to 100 in two years it's not it's not slow sure um i think it's really building the structures and everything changes between that that size right yep. like running 17 people is like okay i pretty much talk to every single person every day yeah pretty much and we can have our catch-ups we can have right. our coffees and we can all talk and sing kumbaya around a right, fire right and, right and uh and discuss each other's challenges right. but from doing that and being a bit of a control freak mm-hmm. and it's a little bit of a micromanaging role sure. you know, in, in a startup where you need to be on top uh-huh. of everything to then watching that evolve and empowering all the people around you and also transitioning an operational board into being a strategic board, which Correct. is never easy as a fellow co-founder. Yep. I'm sure you know that, right? Mm-hmm. If you try and give somebody the power of your business, it's fair enough. You, it's hard to let go. Yeah, it's scary too. For, for sure, for sure. So yeah. having the trust of, you know, and managing up and down, it's cool. incredibly um, tough and that requires a lot of adjustment, you know, sure. being that sponge and making sure that uh, that everyone has the right amount of support and that you transition to really building a proper company, building mm-hmm. an organization around you. That is amazing. Now, here's where I'm curious of. What were the processes or the strategic uh, things you had to put in place to make sure that things don't unravel? Again, at 17 to 100, that's a mega boost, right? That's like Sonic the Hedgehog going through all these things and now he goes super fast, right? That's it. And it's scary. With speed comes a lot of, you know, people like to call it reckless. I don't see it. It's that but because when when things exponentially grow, things break. Yeah. How did you make sure that everything was in point? What was the managerial things that you had to learn to make sure that it doesn't unravel? I think there's probably two things. I think well, first is the people, sure. right? You have to make sure you have the people to to rely on and sure. make sure that everyone is ready for that position. How do you, you know, know if they're ready? I think a big part of it is by talking to them is, is a huge, sure. huge, huge uh, um, sign, you know, right. but because but, I, I, I often have this, you know, I think so many people think if you're an outstanding developer, then you can manage a team of developers. Or if you're an outstanding no. sales guy, you can manage a team of sales guys. But that's so far away from the no. truth, right? Um, so that was one thing. I think making sure that you have the right people in those positions. Sure. Um, so we hired a lot of other people to come in and support the team. We sure. promoted a lot from within, made sure that the people who deserved and wanted to step up did. We mm-hmm. invested in young, raw, outstanding talent. That's mm-hmm. one thing we're so lucky to have here mm-hmm. in the Philippines. I think we often take it for granted. Super. It's well, uh, Workforce is a fucking beast. It's right. unbelievable. I mean, it gets talked about, but not how necessarily it should. Right? Sure. The, the BPO wave and all that stuff. Yep. Sure, we can speak great English, but there's so much more to it. It's True. It's resilience. It's being able to adapt. It's flexibility and it's loyalty. That is really... Super. That's what I, I, I believe that strongly. So yeah. I think having the right people in place and... Another would sound a bit boring. Um, sure. Our systems. Yeah. Systems. And this is something I had to learn the hard way because okay. 
I, as a sales guy, I just want to close deals. Yep. Right? I love it. So I'm like, And sure. drink your coffee after. Because <laughs> coffee is for closers. That's what we were taught. Right? Fuck everything else. Yeah. My job here is done. I got the money. Fuck you. I'm going to eat my steak. Give me that chicken right. asparagus. Yes, yeah. sir. Very good. And, um, and so I, I would close deals and we wouldn't have the foundation to close it on. It's like trying to build mm. the Eiffel Tower on top of a little... You know, straw twig. house, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Right. So, um, that was one one thing that we had to learn. It's like, okay, maybe we put the brakes on. Let's build the foundations first. Let's get the right systems in place. So let's build our own system, or you get off the shelf and use others and integrate with your own, sure. whichever way is best for you. Um, that supports what you can then build on. Mm. Then, when you're ready, you can scale to the next level. Got it. I think were, that was something that really, really. Were there yeah. tools specifically that you like to use? Like for me, I cannot fucking manage my team without Slack. Slack is king because everything's integrated there. Yeah. I know people working with Slack. I know the daily reports. What are they doing? What are their challenges? Blah, blah, blah. I don't need to be talking to you because I know what's going on through Slack. And if I don't see you slack, like, fuck you, you are literally slacking. <laughs> right? Slacking, what was that hustling. for you? I think yeah. I'm, I'm going to throw a curveball out because, sure. because we, we transitioned from Slack okay, to, to where? Google Chat. Google Chat. So there's a reason for this. I think okay. so. Slack is great. I love it. It's efficient. It's what so many um, yeah. startups use and I've used in many different, different places. Sure. But you can't. Uh, monitor and track the data and keep those history of conversations unless you have the paid version, right? Yeah. Now, in lots of organizations, that doesn't matter. But when you're dealing with employment and when you're scaling a team to a certain uh, level where legal issues can come into place and you need to be able to track every single conversation if needed, right, to cover yourself or to help a client be covered or whatever it. it may be, unless you get the paid version. So Which, we were already paying for okay. Google, and mm. it turned out the they G have Suite. this chat. Oh, mm. oh, so they have this chat feature, which is it's just Slack basically, but in Google. And we use Google for everything else. So and we have cloud. You know, really? So I did not know this. Yeah. yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. I I use both. I pay for both. I mean, because I the one thing I love about Slack, I can pinch it yep. and I can hold people accountable. And I always say that there's this rule in. in both chatbot PH and podcast network um, is that, yo, if it's not documented, it does not exist. Yeah. So I like people like, I, I specifically always tell people, shove shit up my ass. When I say like, all right, I always forget. So tag me, oh, see here, oh, I pinned it. Oh, this what we said. Oh shit, sorry, my bad, ouch. Okay, but I like, I like being proved that because I cannot, I do not have the mental capacity to remember everything. I need people to like catch it and run with it. Right, I, I don't think anyone has the mental capacity to remember everything, and right. and so I I use Keep like, Keep. like there's nothing else. I, I Google I Keep. Am, I am OCD. I am obsessive. I mean, yep, obviously, yep, yep. The stickies showing you something on my phone is not great right. for a podcast because no, listeners but can't basically enjoy that. go to Keep uh, by Google. It's basically a sticky note <laughs> exactly. uh, com- com- component that, that everything's there. It's a bunch of Correct. colorful lists, basically. And yeah. it's not necessarily, you know, it's not the most tech savvy, but sure. it's a Google product and everything there is good to use. Correct. So that was one. Um, we've also transitioned to, to Zoho. I mean, big shout out to the Zoho guys. Sure. I think they're, they're great. Um, but we, we also hired, recently hired a, an outstanding CTO okay. who is, uh, his mandate essentially is to 
um, integrate everything into one place. So well, where did you integrate it with? So we have built our own system called ah. PB Core. So we build our own ERP. And then gotcha. some of the things we build ourselves, some of the others we won't. Some of the others we'll use partners. Sure. And we'll integrate everything yeah, using API. Right? Yes. So what we end up with is you know, we, we build the chassis and we just add on all of the nice, you know, if these correct. Ferrari wheels are better than what we could build, then why not get the Ferrari wheels, correct, right? You end correct. up with a better car. Exactly. So for us, it's not about being so egotistical that we need to build everything True. because we're not going to be the best at building everything. Um, but if we end up with something at the end, which is truly valuable and a mixture of all these different Correct. pieces, then like a middleware. That's also what we do with our chatbot game. You know, that's what I always say. Like, um, yeah, do you have your own platform? No, we're agnostic because each client requires a different um, stack. It's like, you know, some people do it on premise, which is fucking monolithic, by the way. It's like it's super old school. And some people needed this. It's if I'm going to shove shit that only I want, then I'm not really solving your problem because the client's not going to bend over backwards just because you have the best fucking thing out there. Completely true. There's no such thing. So you need to create a really hell of a fucking Swiss knife that has everything that can connect to whatever it is and make it work regardless of what's connected to it. Completely true. Okay. Now let's segue into what this, the common theme over our thing. You're crazy like me. I like it because... Aside from your day job, which is, again, chatbot BH takes up a lot of my time. And by the way, when it's, it, as it gets older, you deal with a lot of shit you did not deal with before and whatnot. Uh, it's fucking hard, man. And you have put up your own startup. Why? And why, how, why, why did you have to put up another one? And how did you find time to even pull this off? Well, how do you find time? There definitely isn't time. That's for sure. Right. <laughs> you make it. Yeah. I right. mean, look, I first off, it's something which I, I've always um, been extremely passionate about. I've always wanted to build something. Sure. And I think what's interesting is that with Penn Brothers and with all these different places I've been lucky enough to work with and gain experience with, sure. I've taken things from you know, three to four or from five to six sure. or even from six to seven, mm-hmm. but never from zero, zero to, one. to one or even zero to 0.1, which Peter I'm now realizing, Theo. right? And yeah. that, that for me is a completely uncharted territory. And I've always so been zero fun. to one. You, I've yeah, never have, been a uh, two to three sixty-seven. I've always been zero to one, and all in zero to one as well. Huh? Yeah, I mean, I'm both zero to one and chat, chatbot now is probably eight to nine. PNA is zero to one, nice zero or one to two. But again, it all started from zero. It's scary, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm gro- I'm so stretched. I'm absolutely loving this, and I think yeah. n- num- number one. One of the reasons why I'm extremely lucky is because I also have unbelievably supportive co-founders at Penn Brothers, right? Got it. And I think, again, we're talking about mistakes earlier for most of the podcast. Yeah. And, uh, and in Penn Brothers, I think during my first year, or year and a half there, sure. one of the biggest things I had was that I was so obsessed with it that Penn Brothers was my complete life. Right. It was literally everything. Nothing yeah. else mattered. And that was like Joseph Penn brother already. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know where I live? I live five meters from our head. Office. Are you fucking kidding me? Wow. I, I literally moved to the same street. Like literally. Dude. It's <laughs> not even a lie. So, wow. um, yeah, dedicated. So <laughs> I, uh, but I, I, 
and what I thought was obviously extreme commitment and loyalty and that sure. I was so driven to make it better, that over-obsessiveness actually was making me a worse leader. Got it. And I was constantly talking to mentors. I had lots of different mentors in different areas, which sure. I, I strongly believe in and recommend, um, who all said, you know, you need to have another passion. You need to have these side things like just gym or something's not enough. You really mm. need to, to have something else which you care about because it will give you a different perspective. And you need to Amen. care just a tiny bit less and to be less obsessive of, of owning everything about Penn Brothers. Because sure. with, with a big business and a big team, you can't be like that. Nope. Right? You are just one small part of a big right. functioning machine. Um, and then as soon as we started Humble, it's really interesting. I became a far better guy in Penn Brothers. Sure. But infinitely better. Yes, right. less physical uh, energy and sweat and pain being spent there, mm -hmm. um, but much, much better and balanced. Correct. So, and perspective. For sure. You know, but let's take our first break. And I, I mean, say first break. We had a break already. See, I got so hooked because I forgot that we were ready for our first break. <laughs> let's take our second break. And when we come back, I want to deep dive more, a little bit more on, on Humble. And I want to get more tips. I'm literally going to take down notes of how you do your shit because I'm going through it. And then and, and we can go back and forth if you want. But let's talk about that more after the break. Hey, Hustlers, it's time to talk business once again. And we're excited to share a bit more info about our sponsors, Sprout Solutions. And again, just like what I said at the start of the episode, you should check out Sprout's Payroll Starter as you grow your own startup. Because this bundle that they have is literally what you need to take your startup to the next level as you grow your employees. And this bundle is your key to freedom, including payroll outsourcing to experts, a subscription to timekeeping and attendance software, and government compliance services. Sprout's Payroll Starter has you covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes. All the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll and HR needs. So visit sprout.eh payroll-starter-monthly-5k or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game. And again, big thank you to Sprout Solutions for liberating your time for what truly matters. Hey hustlers, wish there was an easy way to open a bank account and grow your money without the hassle of lengthy application process and income documents? Well, I got good news because today's sponsor, Uno Digital Bank, is here to help you achieve your financial goals. You can easily open an account with the Uno app in just five minutes and one valid ID. And as one of the six digital banks licensed by the Banco Central ng Pilipinas, the company is committed to providing customers with simpler, better, and more accessible banking. Last year, Uno Bank was recognized by the Asia Banking and Finance Awards and bagged the title Open Banking Initiative of the Year due to the success of its partnership with Gcash, one of the Philippines' leading mobile wallet platforms. And with the Uno mobile app, you can access an hashtag UnoReady savings account and enjoy daily interest crediting. With their hashtag UnoEarn or hashtag UnoBoost time deposit accounts, you can enjoy a high interest rate of up to 6.5% per annum. 
Enjoy monthly payouts with hashtag UnoEarn and flexible tenors with hashtag UnoBoost. Other app features include pay bills, the Uno Virtual Debit MasterCard, life insurance, scan and pay with QRPH, and phones. And the one thing that I really love about Uno Digital Bank is they're open to collaborate with a lot of Filipino startups. I've had a chance to see the partnerships that they've had lined up with the startups that they have, and it's truly exciting to see how a digital bank like Uno can enable startups to unlock the power of fintech through digital banking. So if you're ready to elevate your banking experience, download the Uno mobile app today from the Google Play Store or App Store. Or if you want to collaborate with them, I'll be happy to give you an intro. Just shoot us an email at hello at huffleshare.com. Hey, hustlers, I hope you're having a great 2024 so far. As you know, a lot of startups had a very challenging 2023, and hopefully things are going to do better this year for a lot of us. Not just because it's the year of the dragon, but also because our sponsor, Dragon Pay, is here to help your startups process payments in the most efficient way. Established in 2010, Dragon Pay empowers businesses of all sizes to accept and disperse payments through secure and convenient channels, giving your customers the flexibility to choose the payment method that suits them best. With over 85 partner channels, 35,000 partner branches nationwide, including QRPH, e-wallets, crypto, buy now, pay later, and many more. They also process an astonishing 15 million transactions processed globally each month. Dragon Pay is your trusted choice for online payments. And here's something to show you how legit Dragon Pay is. Dragon Pay was named FinTech of the Year at last year's Philippine FinTech Festival in 2023. So let's make 2024 extra prosperous for you and your startup in this year of the Dragon. For more details, head on over to dragonpay.ph. That's dragonpay.ph. Trust the pioneer, trust Dragon Pay. And we're back for the final part. We're still with Joseph Worker again, who now shared us, shared us, shared with us. What the fuck am I saying? Shared, <laughs> shared with us how he was able to per, put perspective when he started doing Humble while doing Pen Brothers as well. I would have to agree. And people always say this like, Ron, are you out of chatbot now because you're doing Hostel Chair and then and, and Podcast Network Asia? Actually, no. I've always wanted to do a podcast. It's just the timing of things because I felt like after I got acquired in, in, in Chatbot, my journey was a little bit full circle. I failed in my first one, which is Party File. Eight years, fucked up everything. Humble pie on humble pie on humble. It's not even a It's a humble fiesta. I had a <laughs> humble fiesta, bro. You know, the worst shit. Put things to perspective. Tried it again. Work now. So I had retribution. But I said, I didn't want to be arrogant and make it about me. What I want to share forward is the, the, a platform that talks about the real shit in a shit that I love because I, I, I do this every time anyway. The only difference is I do it in a cafe without a fucking mic. Now I spot mic and make it sound good and put the, the and then monetize it a little bit, of course. But, <laughs> but of course, you got to be worth shout my time. Shout out to investors. Yeah, shout out to my AWS and Tagash and Caliber. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but having salamat. Yep. Um, it has to be worth my time. But dude, this gave me so much more learning. I don't read books. I I don't read as much articles anymore. There's no literal time for me to get that done. 
But the learning I get, I get first dibs over everything you guys tell me. Everything that everybody that hears this after gets it at least a week after. That's the earliest soon. But dude, this is my encyclopedia of startup learning that I get to push. I become as 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 as, as much I want to think, become a better leader both in my startups and whatnot. But again, I have still have a lot of flaws to give. But thank you for for putting that out. So humble. How do you execute humble while while you're doing Pen Brothers, and how did it set you free and becoming make make you a better leader? I think one one is having you know so having amazing co-founders in in Pen Brothers who allow sure. this to happen, and and I think that's it sounds all great, right? Running to sure. two startups and all of that, and and. For sure, there may be people thinking that it sounds better to have two than one, but it's not very rarely the case. Oh, it's so hard. Very rarely. But if full transparency is there, and if in number one, you have made it very clear and everybody agrees and everyone's aligned that it's okay for you to have a second focus and a second love, then it's okay to go ahead. And at that point, for sure, you could reel in the advantages to both. Totally agree. Because without, I, before I even started Hustle Share, before I did a podcast network, I talked to Sterling Paper, the guys that acquired Podcast Network. I said, yo, um, I'm going to do this. There's also a reason why this is in Metrowalk. It's literally two blocks away from my chatbot office. I literally just have to egg roll. Or I can use a parachute from my, from my <laughs> offices, right? but I'd probably die. Um, because this also has a benefit towards what I do in chatbot because it's free advertising too. We, you know, putting our name on it, we, which we don't really do as much. I mean, that, that's one thing, right. but look at the other people that you meet. My goodness. I mean, exactly. It's you, free networking you too. You the phone and you have yes. like literally the most rock star founders in the right. Amazing. Some Thank of the people you. who come on your show. No, and again, that's, that's, that's a, it's, it's the, the, the perfect term I always use. It's symbiotic. Mm-mm. Right, it really helps uh, us, me at least, put the name of what I do. Both, whether it's a podcast, again, the, the people always gravitate towards me. Oh, what is this about podcasting or chatbots? That's it. <laughs> Let me know because I have. I'm surrounded also with the right people, and I'm super blessed to have them around and yeah. have their support and their buy-in to get this done. You so, know why you have that? Because it's, it's pure transparency, right? Correct. You're honest with them, and then they appreciate that, and that's that's really why. Correct. Now let's talk about what else you guys do in, in Humble. How how how's the experience being zero to one? Uh, being a zero to one founder. How how did you adjust to get this done? I literally, I love it. It's the most. Uh, it's it's so exciting. Cool. And um, I mean, my so my co-founder in, in Humble is nothing to do with Pen Brothers. Sure. Um, Give her a shout out. Nina Nina Opida. There you go. Um, what up, Nina? So she's. I mean, we've known each other for two and a half years. Cool. She's also my other half. There you go. And uh, she's outstanding and, and she's full-time humble. So nice. she has no other side thing. She's literally every single hour sure. of the day humble. And, um, and so she's really the, the CEO, if you like. And she, she's it. really the, um, an amazing driving force by building that company. Sure. And we've, but it's been an idea that's been toying in our heads for such a long time. Sure. And finally, in I think it was August of last year, we went. Uh, we went on a trip to the UK. Okay. Went for a two-week wedding and and um, and uh, and spent some time with my family. Oh. And um, 
environment and sustainability has always been something that we are both extremely passionate about. Sure. Okay. And the Philippines is somewhere where we are one of the worst in the world, sadly, in Dude, this problem. Number three pollutant of all the oceans. Come on now. That's fucking unacceptable. Yeah. And that's not even in relativity to population, right? Exactly. I mean, we are much smaller than the other two guys. So, right. Um, you know, in 2050, there's going to be more plastic in the ocean than fish. Yeah. That's pretty frightening, right? It's fucked up. You know, li- little things like that. And, um, and so this is something we've always been passionate about. And during this trip, actually, um, my mother, who is a super inspiration for me, because she's one of the, the leaders of XR. I don't know if you've heard of uh, Extinction Rebellion. Nope. What is Extinction Rebellion? So Extinction Rebellion is a non-violent protest group in wow. um, all over the world, actually, but sure. very prevalent in, in the UK. Okay. And the objective really is to have a rebellion, to show the world that the, the world is really in trouble and that governments need to take notice and that the private yeah. sector needs to take notice. And they have all of these um, quite you know extreme uh, campaigns, never violent, sure. but quite extreme right. in nature. Mm-hmm. And when we saw what she was doing, we thought, you know, the content here, the purpose here is admirable. It's amazing. It's incredible. Right. But perhaps there are, there's a big population out there of the slightly less extreme, you know, slightly more mainstream who would be a bit alienated by something like that. Right. Mm. They don't want to go and go to these camps and protest. So we thought, what if we create something that, actually is attractive to that population of people which is more impactful because there's more of them simple as that Mm. that they are the future millennials but also is uh is going to do something very strong for the environment that they can still get involved with Mm -hmm. and that's really one of the reasons why why humble was born Mm -hmm. um and I, and I think when we, we, we then came back to the Philippines and started playing with all these ideas of can we create something in recycling? Can we do something with upcycling? Because Nina's really um, very experienced with design. She's, yeah. she's launched design startups and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then came this idea of, of, of clutter. Right? Mm. And how can we actually create circularity as a behavior? Got it. Because something that we see here is that uh, it's in our culture almost to chuck away new things. And, yep. you know, I think the kids in school, we have these amazing interns who are working with us right now. Right. And they were saying that, like, it, if they are seen wearing something on social media in a right. post once, mm-hmm. they are not allowed to wear it again. Wow. That's their culture, right? So they either right. throw it away in the trash or it just stays in their cabin. Right. And you think how much stuff and value that is and how crazy that really is. Yeah. And when I was a kid, I remember my mum dragging me around charity shops or thrift shops, as you right. call them here. And I was so embarrassed to be seen in these places, right? Yeah. It's like for the elderly and uh-huh. like this old people's home smell of a right, place right. with all these like broken plates. But actually, we want to create that that's cool. Right? Secondhand is cool. And that's the kind of behavior and the the environment that we want to want to create with humble absolutely and then and also there's a big part of that here in the philippines it's just that it's frowned upon because it's for thrift thrift seekers like the ukai ukai thing right again sometimes we don't we're not we're not sure if that's from a person that's alive or dead or whatnot (laughs) yeah where it's come Uh, from right so often it's even from donations that they end up there it's really really indeed Okay, now, um, in terms of how you want to position Humble, where, where do you want to take this and what's, what's, the, what's the grand vision? So right now, we 
Um, how it works is quite simple. We take items that people no longer want or need and we make sure that they're either reused, recycled or upcycled. So nothing wow. ever ends in, in up in landfill. And we do that in a number of ways. So we pick up from people's homes. Mm-hmm. Um, so by partnering with uh, Lala Move, Ninja Van, um, who have both been my clients before. I mean, there we, you go. We love them. And, and it's been, that's another bonus yeah. of working in somewhere, you know, where you have connections in one place, you can always, um, you know, carry over those connections to the another. Sure. And, um, we collect from people's doorstep and then they go to our warehouse and then from there it's either reused or recycled or upcycled in some okay. way. Um, so thus sort of circularity is, is created. Right. From there, I think we want to go into um, a B2B to C model a little bit. Mm-hmm. So something Marketplace. Indeed. Yep. Um, so we're starting with, with partnerships actually. I mean, um, next week you'll see a launch in Ride Revolution um, wow. and Common Ground as well, wow. which is really cool. So Congratulations. Thank you. Um, we love those guys, everything yeah. about them. We wanted to meet with like, like, like-minded sure. um, sort of insightful people and, and we just mm-hmm. love the people there. Um, so there'll be humble barrels in each of the studios, sure. each of the co-working spaces where people can actually donate their items yeah. or they can scan the code and then automatically get a delivery from their house. So super seamless and simple. At scale, how can people get more involved? Because, I mean, that this is what the avenue at least. Hopefully, we, we touch as many people who want to be part of this because there's a lot of, and I, I'm one of them. I want to get involved, but I don't know where to start. And sometimes... Uh, unfortunately, I don't want to go out of my way because like, oh shit, I got so much shit to do. I, I want to be, you know, environmentally friendly and be, be more mindful, I guess is a, is, a, is a name. But sometimes old habits can't die. Uh, you know, they, they die hard at least. Um, how can we be supportive of this, this, this cause? So I agree with you completely. And one of the biggest problems with sustainability initiatives is that we make it too difficult for people to get involved. Yeah. Right. So there are places where it's like, okay, segregate your plastic or just wash this one, but don't wash this one or Mm. or have eight different bins and bags to put things in. Right. Right. And that's too much effort. We don't, we live in, we live in a fast paced world. We can't do that. Yeah. So we've done the opposite. And we literally make it extremely simple. No yeah. segregation. We don't give you orders of what types of items. Right. Literally give us anything. And you don't need to bring it anywhere. You scan wow. the code. You tell us when you want us to pick it up. We'll come to your doorstep. That's it. That's super so convenient. Literally no work required. Okay. Now, we can even go one step further. So from there, sometimes you may not know how to declutter your home. Correct. Um, so another really interesting partnership we've we've had recently is that there are only two conmary uh, certified consultants in the right. philippines and both of them um are getting on board with humble basically wow. one of them is officially um a partner with us and hopefully the other one very soon really cool girls and we didn't even know as such thing as a certification in becoming a marie really? kondo uh, consultant but <laughs> there really is like there's a wow. science behind decluttering your home Shit, and wow. it's a lifestyle and that's something which uh, which we also can now offer through that. That's um, awesome. Plus other things. I mean, we we uh, another um, final one to mention is that sometimes if you want to declutter, sure. you don't actually want to donate everything, right? Mm. There's some things you just cannot give up, but you still want to declutter. So another interesting guy who I think you should totally have on your show one day. Okay, is, let's have uh, them here. Is Nick from Cajon? I don't know if you've ever yes, Nick Padilla. He is like I've been wanting to get this guy too. 
He's right. one of the coolest, most sound guys you'll meet. Cool. Come, and, on, uh, come on. All right, Nick, if you're listening to this, you got next. What they basically yeah. do is they, they can take... Um, they're a storage, storage startup. They kind right. of make storage cool. I yeah, really yeah, like yeah. That, right? like, I, I love the um, show growing up, uh, Storage Wars. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's too. my favorite. Yep, yep. <laughs> when you can't what, sleep. That's right, <laughs> dude. It's History Channel, bro. That's what it is. You know. So... And but and we partner with them as well. So if cool. if uh, if someone wants to declutter their home, donate some items, and, and they go to humble, we make sure it's sure. recycled or upcycled. Mm-hmm. Other stuff they want to keep, it goes with cajon into storage. That is amazing. So we try to make it super simple. Just don't try to hire a guy this named Joe Goldberg, huh? <laughs> because he likes to put in this like glass cage in storage areas. So Nick, watch out for that guy, you know, because he tries to murder people there. Okay, sorry if you don't didn't get that. That's from you of Netflix and whatnot. Okay, so Joseph, I have a couple of questions before we let you go because I know you're a busy man. We we gotta run uh, two startups. Okay, what's what's your tip again? This is very selfish of me. How do you manage your time efficiently? What's your what's your go to move? How do you make sure that you're productive? Because sometimes one false move can derail the whole flow. And that's when I hate like that. It feels like an uphill climb. I'm a firm believer that if I start my Monday right, it's a downhill slope. But if I fuck it up on a Monday, dude, it's an up, uphill climb, especially for both companies. And it also it get, gets the momentum. I, I'm a firm believer of momentum, right? So how, how do you do it? I think number one is lifestyle. So, and I can only speak from personal experiences, sure. right? I mean, I'm just, I'm just a guy trying hard here. I'm not cool. someone who should be giving advice. I'm just can speak from, from my own experience that I made a very big life change about a year and a half ago. How so? I quit drinking completely. Sure. And um, it's always funny when you say that because if you quit drinking, you often think that something ridiculously crazy happens. Like, right. just if you killed no. eight people no did not okay. and um, same I mean I've, I've been at a party business just, I don't enjoy it anymore well I, I I did it for just to be better to be a better version of myself sure. right and so and when that happened it was also the catalyst for everything else I sure. quit smoking I haven't touched anything since I also, how long uh, so drinking is now a year and a half smoking wow. is a year Cold yeah. turkey. Cold turkey. Wow, same. I'm three Nothing years cold. cold turkey. Wow, that's amazing. Bro, um, that's amazing. I smoked two packs a day before. Same. Wow, Dude. 40. So like, and 40 I kept man. always like, like, cuter, and I enjoyed smoking. I loved the sensation. Like, ah, oh, that, 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 especially when you're taking a shit. It's the best <laughs> fucking feeling in the world. It's just so, so smooth. Like, woohoo, that's so fun. <laughs> But again, nothing. It feels better now that there's no lungs in my fucking body. I mean, there's no lungs. There's lungs. Of course, they have lungs. I mean, there's there's no smoke in my lungs anymore. Right. I mean, congrats, three years. That's incredible. Oh, you and, too, bro. You know, and but again, I think it. The, when it started with stopping drinking, it was the catalyst for everything else. I, okay. I, I liked who I was as a person a bit more. Sure. I stopped smoking. I created a business of my own. I sure. became a better leader. Mm-hmm. I wake up every single day at 3.45, right? That's my mantra because sure. at that time, nobody's messaging back, right? Yes. <laughs> it's the time I can be proactive without anything coming back at you. And Correct. when you run a team, that is uh, a heavenly moment to be yeah. able to actually have time to think and to, have to do something. Right. Totally. Um, 
And I believe in fitness big time. Okay. I really do. I think having a routine, especially if you can do it in the morning and have sure. a healthy lifestyle, can also be the catalyst for that day always going well or starting off on the right foot. And there's that guy in the Marines who um, is as simple as making your bed in the morning is that you've achieved one goal. You yes. take it off your list. Right. And that is something psychological which starts you off in the right way. Correct. So if you can make that also mixed with something healthy, mm-hmm then I think it's, uh, it's number one. Um, but then I think that's, so that's the lifestyle side um, and self-discipline and being driven is extremely important. Sure. But I think another one is, is understanding where your loyalties lie and making sure you don't cross that line. Okay. I think if you own two startups and you're the sure. founder of two startups, that's a little bit different. Because you really are, you know, you can make all of those decisions. And, and of course, you're responsible for your team. Sure. You still own both companies, yeah. right? And I'm a partner in Penn Brothers, but I'm the right. founder of, of Humble. So mm-hmm. I, I completely acknowledge that my loyalties and my responsibilities need to be, right, Penn Brothers need me for this? Absolutely. Because so many people rely on me there. Sure. So it only became possible to allow time if you know that you're still delivering what you are meant to deliver and have committed to deliver in that first one. Sure. So that was extremely important. And that would sure. be tip number one is really know, okay, where are your responsibilities in each? Correct. Then third would be having the team around you. So having the right people who can do that groundwork and you can delegate to. Right. Right. Because if you're the smartest guy in the room doing all the work, you're, you're in, in the, the wrong room. room. Totally. Right? Yep. So, um, so that's that's really crucial is to make sure that you have people who are the ones delivering and you're just sure. their assistant. Right? That's, that's how I personally I manage my teams is that uh-huh. I just assist them. Got it. It's really make sure you have someone better than you. My COO is better than me. My CCO sure. is better than me. All of the department heads, they have specialties. Okay. And I'm literally just enabling them in what Absolutely. they need to be doing. Well, in a perfect world, we all know that's not the, the, the reality. There's always <laughs> fires. <laughs> And it's fucking stressful. Yeah, yeah. How do you cope with this shit? Because there's fires and fires can turn into a fucking bushfire in one minute. And no matter how much you try to prevent shit from happening, things are going to fucking fall apart, unfortunately. And, you, and especially if it happens simultaneously, both companies are having fires. Yep. Sometimes also, no matter how good people are, unfortunately... You're going to have to be put your Superman cape because you're the only dude who can put up that fire. True. How do you do this? I think when, when, when companies get a little bigger, the fires are like, it, they actually do minimize a little bit because you have enough structure around you to be able to absorb different levels. Sure. But for sure, it still happens. And they're yeah. very different in each level. Right. Yeah. Oh, the so, chatbot fire is different from oh a podcast fire. I find it <sighs> so interesting. Right. So, like, and, and, you know, in, in Penn Brothers, when you have a big team, you can delegate things. So the job is like, look, was this done? No? Okay, get it done. Right. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like, what help do you need? Okay, mm-hmm. this is the problem. Go mm-hmm. figure it out. How can mm-hmm. I help? It's really simple. Mm-hmm. But then in Humble, I suddenly turn my hat and I'm like, hey, you, w- wait, there's nobody to delegate to. Oh, fuck. That's <laughs> me again. <laughs> I have oh, to do shit. some work. Uh, <laughs> okay, get right. the, start writing articles right, and all right, this right. stuff. And then, I mean, I also, my, my co-founder is my other half, right? Right. And I, I know you've spoken to, I mean, Pat probably gave you tips yeah. on that one. And, mm-hmm. and you've had a it's a totally people. different dynamic. You know what? I asked Pat about this. I was yeah. at the, um, Pat Gentry and I were at the Monk's Hill 
Oh, okay. Founders Dinner. Sure. And where, um, where the, what's his name? Freak. Fuck, fuck, fuck. RJ? No, no, no. The uh, the Singaporean guy who... Peng. Peng Yu. Peng. 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 Peng's awesome. Yeah, Peng. Forgot his last name. But Peng, shout out. <laughs> shout <laughs> I haven't forgotten Peng. you. I still remember you. It's just I'm having a mental block right now. But. He can have one name, like right, Pele. Right. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's cool, 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 cool. Yeah. And... Um, and uh, and and I actually asked I asked him this I was like look what what's it like? I mean you've built a, a big business two hundred people they have sure. with your other half and this is a funny story and uh, his advice was this he said okay Joseph firstly it's not easy which I understand <laughs> right. and, uh, and I love this and I will never forget it so sure. shout out Pat he said when you go home make sure that the two of you have a discussion and you decide who is the boss. <laughs> Worst fucking advice I've ever <laughs> given in my life. I went straight. I went home we to already Nino. know who it's going to be. <laughs> I went home to Nino. Oh man. Oh my goodness. And I and I I said this to her. I said I was very transparent. I said Nino, I just got advice from a really, really strong founder who's been in our position. Okay. Oh, man. So this is what we need to do. We need to decide who the boss is. And she was so mad. She was so so pissed at me. She was like, how could you have the audacity to think that that's reasonable? So I didn't bring it up, bring it up again. We are equal co-founders. No, and also, also we already knew the answer there too. Oh, you you, you shivered? You're like, oh God, like, nope, we already know who's the boss. You know, what the hell is that, Pat? We Um, already know, right? That's why when I was having them here, you know, and I was, I was telling them, Alex, all right, you're the boss, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Pat, you follow her. Oh, what the fuck is you? <laughs> uh, oh, man. That was, that was funny. So that's, that's where, where the real contrast happens, right? Sometimes uh, you got so used, and that was my struggle. You, I got so used having a team. And when, when podcast was starting out, like, fuck, am I going to do this too? I know I can delegate this, but where? Because my people, right? So okay, I gotta put in extra time, and then I'm lucky now because I have a pretty sizable team. And again, I have a good co-founder also in Podcast Network. And again, shout out to my chatbot team who's just autonomous and get their shit done. But again, here's my challenge now: different types of uh, of startups and businesses require a different type of leadership style, especially in getting motivation out, right? This is a de- motivating at zero to one. You're all like, yeah, let's go. We got to prove motherfuckers wrong. Everything's positive. Right. At year four, and you've been technically considered as one of the most successful startups out there, it's totally a different dynamic. And the other thing, and there's, there's one thing that's different. There's churn. There's a different types of waves of people that come in now. You have to re-evangelize from all. So, you know, you, 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 at zero to one, you're all incumbent. You're all the same group. At year four, there's only like two, three, four people left. And how do you get the same people that came in later to, to, to get the same buy-in as the ones who have been there since the start? That's, that's the biggest challenge I have right now. How, did you ever have that ch- challenge? How did you overcome that? If I, if I could answer that question, I would be in uh, in cloud nine. I I, I <laughs> completely empathise with that. Right. Um, and you know, we we at Pembroke have been very lucky. We have quite a few people there who have really been there since um, right. very very early stages, and and they're rock stars. And, and it's amazing that they've believed mm-hmm. in us enough to to stay. But when new people come in, I think it's really interesting how an organisation 
adapts and, and right. ebbs and weaves, right? Because it's actually, they're not buying into the same thing. They're no. buying into something completely different. Exactly. And the, I think even the bigger challenge is for the people who have been there the longest to also understand that things are changing. And they also have different motivations by that time. Completely. Right. And, and I, I, I think motivation is, is a very individual thing. I think right. that everyone is motivated extremely differently. Mm-hmm. And, um, of course, you can try to motivate everyone by the same way. It's like, look, the company's going here, but maybe not everyone is that excited by that part, right? right? And uh, something I actually learned very recently is that I need to understand, and lots of leaders out there probably need to understand, that not everyone wants to succeed in career, Right. Right. Not everyone actually wants to be promoted or mm-hmm. get paid. More They're okay being that. They're completely okay with being that. They just want to maybe impact a life or right. they just want to have something which is you know, really igniting their passion, which right. is the day-to-day of what they do. So I think it's really figuring out, and this just happens when you onboard the new people, Correct. or this happens when you're speaking to the people who have been there a long time. Right. And just constantly understanding what drives this person and how do I feed that flame? How do I make sure that that person achieves that goal? Got it. And I, the final thing on that note is that um, this may be a bit controversial, but sure. for me, it's actually okay if people leave. Yeah. It's actually okay because you are not necessarily the best place for everybody. Right? Sure. And... Yeah. If you have a, an organization where somebody joins and a couple of years later they've left, but they've learned something, they go on to something exciting and better, right. and they are a better version of themselves, that's mm-hmm. success. Yeah, sure, your attrition may be slightly mm-hmm. different number than you presented to the board at the right, beginning right. of the year. But you know what? Actually, you've done something good. Right. So I, I, for me, I think it's uh, we are often terrified of those numbers, right? right. People leaving, but actually, if those individuals do have progressed in their careers and become better people, mm-hmm. then we've impacted a life. Exactly, and that, that this was my biggest struggle last year. A big chunk of my team in Chatbot BH left gradually, you know, because here's what happens when also when a company gets acquired. Right, you know, from being totally startup gung ho, everything's again, everybody's going for the, the same things, and you get acquired. Um, things change. There's more structure. You have to, you know, fall into to to where it's going to be when the dust settles in the conglomerate, and there's going to be a lot of compromise in between. And in between that comprom- compromise, there's a lot of like, all right, I don't belong here anymore. Now, for me, the biggest challenge last year for me was like, God. My, my people from day one started to leave one by one. It was gut-wrenching. And then I, re- I learned what you told, what you just told now. That, you know what? I can never make sure. Because on several occasions last year, I went out of my way to have them, to keep them. And just say, okay, I'll bend over backwards. Even that doesn't make sense already with the conglomerate. Got, got, got unnecessary friction. And in the end, they will still leave. And you know what? I cannot force someone to work with me just because I owe them because we work them. If they don't see themselves there anymore, and that's where our uh, the, the relationship doesn't end. We just part separate ways. And you're totally correct that if I impacted your life and I um, gave you some valuable lessons that you can impart in your then I'm rooting for you. But there's one caveat, and I learned this too. If you want to exit, do it right. 
do your 30 days tender time help me at least find someone who can look to at least cover and be your successor in that field because if you're gonna pull a fucking uh, a wall on me if I'm gonna if you're gonna pull you know those those kids and ah effective immediately that's burning the bridge I, I've never agreed with anything in my life more than that. <laughs> but it, it's not just with leaving a role. It's every right. single part of your life. Burning bridges is just... And, and I really think you only learn this when you've done it. Yeah. Right? When yeah. you've burnt I'm a bridge up, yourself. I'm fucked up too. Yeah, me lot. too. Big time. Right. And I think when you've burnt bridges and you've seen the impact that that's had and you've hurt somebody or that that's hurt you in right. the long run... It's, and, you know, we always talk about, oh, especially in Manila, it's such a small place. Sure. I think that's irrelevant. It's actually anywhere you are. Yeah. If you are sending out those bad vibes into the world and burning a bridge with anybody, right. it will come back to bite you in some way. Correct. And, uh, yeah, why not just, just leave in a, in a really fantastic terms? Because you've no idea how that's going to help you at some point in the future. Sure. And, and if you're going to leave else. that as a core member of a startup, if you really care we will the, the founders and their teammates will thank you so much if you actually gave them time or a buffer to at least look for the apple replacement because we can never replace you as a person that's that's impossible your skill set your chemistry everything but give them time to at least recover and I, i'm thankful for majority of the people that I've, I've worked with in chatbot at least um that has come and gone and i'm still rooting for you if you're listening to this uh, i'm still they call me thanos there but here's the thing. It's the complete... Because I, I like to like, like, oh, don't fuck with me, huh? But there's this thing that we, we, we call... It's called Thanos cares. Okay. Not scares, care. Because I, it, I genuinely care. And that's... And the, one of the biggest motivations I go to chatbot still. Because as you get acquired, you got to find that motivation again. Right? Because things again change. You know? You know your, your, your main motivation is as the main guy before who's zero to one... Definitely changes as more corporate targets need to be hit. So you have to find that motivation. If there's one constant that I had to go through, is that I go there for my people. And that doesn't change from zero to fucking 79 or 69. We're at 69 now. I forgot. <laughs> That's it. So whoever's in the boat, it's my responsibility to give my best out there for you. But I'm not going to do your work. I'm going to give you the best opportunities for you to thrive. And if you fuck up, it's all right. Just don't make the same mistake twice, right? So that's always how I how, how I come back and like, yeah, you know what? And I don't, as much as possible, I've, I've just learned this recently now. You don't pull the, the history card. When I say history card, like, oh, this is how we did it. Mm-hmm. You should follow this. Yes, the, I, I, we can give examples. Like, ah, this is the chatbot way. No. Because there's always different circumstances of how a, a, a problem can be solved. Yes, it might help as perspective, but that's not the only way. Because also unfair for that new person that came in as a latter, a latter time to maybe you can find a different way to attack a different problem differently. And that's it. Giving that liberty, I guess. I mean, hopefully, again, this this does make, again, the, the jury's still out, uh, as, as always. And again... Yeah. Hustle is due every day. The rent is due every day. Uh, you For can sure. never be successful. And it's, success is never finite. But 
But I think uh, that's, that's, that's the beautiful thing about these, this, this whole line, right? There is no perfection. There is no proper book of, of how it can be done. I mean, you see, you see the, the trampolines and the nice, beautiful things on the walls yeah. in, in Google, right? Yeah. And why do you think they're there? You think they were there from day one? No. no. They, they went through crazy, hell of mental things first. Right. Fixed all of the fires, created this outstanding process. That's just the cherry on top of the cake, mm-hmm. right? Literally, is that trampoline in the middle of, the, of right. the office, which just creates that pizzazz and that disruption that they, they go for. And it's the perception of looking out from the outside, thinking that everything is so perfect that it never is. And I think conversations like this and with I mean, your amazing podcast, with all the guests Maybe. you have, right. presumably everyone can learn from each other. And that's something which I think, especially in the last couple of years, that I've seen is outstandingly helpful about the Filipino startup community yeah. is that they help each other a lot. Right. And we're not huge yet, right? No. We're not a beast, but something's happening. Something's right. been really rumbling. There mm-hmm. are some outstanding founders out there who are such an inspiration to right. minnows like me, right? right? Who I love looking up to. And, mm-hmm. and it's not something which is like they're gods, right? You can pick up the phone. You can speak to them. You can right. meet them for coffee. And they fucked up like us. And if you listen to their story here in this Hustle Share podcast and whatnot, like, yo, we went through the same shit. Yeah. Exactly. A lot of us. Exactly. So again, it eliminates that stigma that, holy shit, he must have done everything right. Like, hell no. No. He must have done so many things wrong. That's why he made it there. Right. These are just guys. They're just guys and girls, just people, right? They're Absolutely. just regular people who have, uh, who have made more mistakes than most because they've learned cool. more than most. All right. Again, Joseph, as much as I want to push this on, this is it for us for today. And this is also just a thank you very much for coming in and sharing. Oh man, I, I've never empathized this much with a guest, especially in running the team. But Joseph, for those people that want to catch you on Penn Brothers or Humble, what do they do? So Penn Brothers, um, reach out. I mean, we are www.penbrothers.com. And please reach out to anybody in the team if you are um, looking for a job or know somebody who would like to work for an exciting startup from all over the world, then then Penn Brothers is your place. Or in fact, if you are looking for um, an employment platform, and, yep. and then yeah, please please reach out to anybody in the Penn Brothers team. We've got amazing people. Mm-hmm. Then on the other side, Humble, Again, that's www.humblesustainability.com sure. uh, or team at humblesustainability.com. Right. And for that, yeah, reach out. Let us know. Declutter your homes or you just reach out for a coffee. I mean, we need advice, right? We need, there you go. We, need we love meeting new people and new partners. And uh, you know who's the boss. Don't forget that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, again, awesome. Joseph, thank you very much. But before we let you go, don't forget to give us some love back. Follow us in whatever podcast app you're listening to, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whatever app you're using. Hit that follow button so we can keep talking every week. And if you if we did say some jargon, go to hustleshare.com. It's all gonna be there. And if you like what you heard here and you wanna be involved more of how we create the content, go to hustleshare the community on Facebook because we give you first dibs there on what, what's gonna happen. And lastly, don't forget to message us on our hustleshare chatbot on m.me slash hustleshare powered by chatbot ph to get involved on who you wanna have as guests next. Okay? So again, Joseph, thank you very much. Loved it. All right. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace.